It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I am Dave Harrison, Washington football team writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. My co-host Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Met Her show on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Find Russell and Met Hurst and find the Locked On Washington football team podcast on the Odyssey app. He is off for today's episode celebrating his birthday, so happy birthday out there to my co-host Chris. On Twitter, you can still find him at Russellmania621. You can find me at DHarrison82. Find the show at LockedWFTPod. This episode, this show, as always, free and available on all platforms. If you're looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth, check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with hosts Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. On today's episode, guys, it's our takeaways episode. I've got some takeaways for you. We've got some voicemails from Washington football team fans. And we're going to talk about some of the hot-button topics coming out of Thursday night's win over the New York Giants in Week 2. Hopefully you guys all enjoyed a full Sunday of football or whatever you did where you didn't have to wonder or worry about what the Washington football team was going to do, whether they were going to win or lose, because you already knew they were one and one On Friday, Ron Rivera met with media via Zoom to talk about some lessons learned from the game and some of the things he's seen so far in the first two weeks of the season. I've captured about six minutes or so of that audio. It's a 21-minute press conference. All of it's good stuff, really, but I kind of isolated like the six minutes of the most valuable stuff that I think you guys as Washington football team fans should know, should hear if you haven't already. So we're going to listen to that, and then I'm going to give my takes a little bit on what Coach Rivera had to say, again, speaking to media on Friday. Ron, um, curious what you saw on tape. Um, what from what you saw allowed Daniel Jones to kind of break off some of those long runs he had. And is it something on the defense that you guys can correct or just generally, what did you see? It's all correctable, just lack of discipline a couple times. We went diving down inside on the play action where we shouldn't have been. That's frustrating because we prepared for it. You know, something that we've seen in the past. Uh, he has uh, exploited that in the past. Uh, he did it last week, and he did it again this week. So that's disappointing. That will be pointed out, and we're going to work to correct it because that's honestly it, it's 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 something that's very frustrating for 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 us as coaches. I know for the players because you know they're trusting their teammates to do their job, and you know we've got to be disciplined enough to do the things we're supposed to. Hey Ron, uh, just curious your thoughts after watching the tape on on Jamin Davis uh, his play last night. Much better. He, he's getting a little bit more comfortable, a little bit better feel. Um, you could see him really um, starting to flow and understanding those things. I mean, he's going to make mistakes, and, and that's what rookies do. But uh, it was it was it was a it was a nice vast improvement to, to last week. Uh, you saw some of his uh, his quickness and speed and some of the coverage things as well. So that was good to see. 
uh, he is he is making strides and 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 headed in the right direction, and and he'll get a good bit of work this week coming up. Hey, Ron, I'm wondering if through two games, if there is a unit maybe that you've been pretty impressed with, and then maybe on the flip side, a unit that you feel like you could use more from position group, et cetera. Um, well, I, I really like what we've gotten from 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 the wide receivers, uh, and 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 not just them, but I think the tight ends have done some really good things. Um, I think our, our lines are solid, but I think from as far as both our lines are concerned, we could probably get more from both of them too, because uh, I really do think as we continue to progress and, and kind of come together, you know, find our footing, I think both those, those, those units are going to improve for us. Uh, I thought they both made plays and, and did some things that, that really helped us as a football team. I was really pleased with uh, the way we, we, uh, we ran the ball when we, when we, we had to. Um, I was also very pleased with the way we protected our quarterback. Uh, you know, we threw the ball 46 times and, and, and for the most part, I think Taylor st- stayed upright. Uh, uh, you know, he, he did sack himself, which was disappointing. Uh, but, uh, you know, cause, um, I, I really do think though that he, uh, you know, I, I really do think that, that the way our, our, our protection was, you know, it, it was, it was good and, and really appreciated that. Hey, Ron, um, is there a common thread maybe that you've identified on why uh, the first two opponents, Chargers Giants, have gone down the field on the first drive for you guys uh, and and scored, I guess, somewhat easily? I know penalties have contributed to that. And also, I don't believe we asked you last night your view on the chase penalty. I, I know Twitter and a lot of NFL pundits were very upset that the defenders can't do anything. What was your perspective on that, especially after watching the tape? Well, the big thing, uh, you know, and you feel again, teams go down, score on the first the, their first possession. You know, again, it goes to certain things that we've got to do in terms of playing discipline. Okay, we can't jump our gaps, we can't we can't miscommunicate, and we can't create penalties. So again, it's it falls back on us. We've got to be better. Um, as far as the chase penalty was concerned, um, yeah, I'm a little concerned as well. I, I disagreed with it. Uh, I, I think that again. It's, a, it's an interpretation, and that's the hard part. Um, you know, we have to get, I guess, uh, a little better explanation uh, so the players understand what they can and can't do. But, yeah, like I said, it's, it's unfortunately something I just I – didn't, I didn't agree with. But, again, it's an interpretation. Hey there, Ron. Um, I'm just curious. Last night, I think several times in postgame, you said that this group of guys reminds you a lot of last year's group of guys in a good way. I just wonder if you could elaborate on that a little bit and, and how they're reminding you, especially in last night's game. I think the big thing is that they resilient already. I think they realize just that they can be a very resilient bunch. If they continue to stay with it, keep fighting, keep pounding, they have an opportunity to, to win football games. I think last year we had to kind of discover that we could do that. I think these guys already know they can. Last week was a good indicator. This past game was, a, was, was an even better indicator that if we stick to it, and be resilient, we give ourselves a chance to win. Um, I love the way that they play hard. They play with passion. That's what those guys did last year down the stretch, and it's carrying over. Uh, one of my concerns I talked about at the beginning of camp and, 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 and at the end of training camp uh, going into the season was, you know, are we mature? And, 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 again, we're learning. We're getting better. We're maturing. We're still making some mistakes that we really shouldn't. And sometimes there is some dis- undisciplined play. You know, I think that's was to, 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 to David's question yes, last night about maturity. And, and I think 
and experience. And I think that's one of the things that we're starting to see is, is that we're starting to grow a little bit. There is a difference in terms of the of the way we played versus the Chargers to this week. And hopefully we'll continue to take because we need to take a big step next year because we're going to play a very good Buffalo team as well. You mentioned the immaturity and then you mentioned the inexperience. For you as a coach, is there kind of a timetable you have where you're hoping they kind of get over that hump and they find <laughs> that maturity that you're asking for? As soon as possible. Um, <laughs> you know, with some guys, it's just going to take reps. You know, with, with the Jamin Davises of the world and, and, and the Benjamin St. Juice, uh, Sam Cosmes. And, and, and to David's point also, again, with Taylor, the more opportunities Taylor gets, I think the, the, the more, more things he'll learn. I mean, he's going to learn by the example of, of, of just getting the chance to be on the field to play. All right, so that again, Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera responding to media on Friday, uh, the day after their win against the New York Giants in week two, and talking about a, a, a numerous amounts of things, right? So first and foremost, a lack of discipline on defense, and this is something that I wrote about over at SI.com for, for our Washington football team coverage there. Talking about the lack of discipline on defense, and that really kind of first and foremost stuck out to me because if you're if you're trying to coach a defense, you're trying to put your players and your, your unit uh, in the right position to be successful, and, and as a coach, you know you're saying you know if you have this kind of a combination, make sure you do these things. When you when you see this kind of motion, make sure you do these things. It's hard to adjust, and I know I've mentioned this on the show before. So some of you who listen to every single episode may have already heard me say this, but it's that important. It's hard to adjust a game plan and a scheme and and the in the approach you take uh, to defending an offense when players aren't doing what you're asking them to do you know what i mean like it, it's just it just makes it really difficult for a coach so they need to go out there and that's kind of what coach rivera is talking about is how, how frustrating he is because it's it's you have to complete step a before we know what step b needs to look at look like and until we complete step a we can't get there part of that of course is going to be the play and execution of young players he talked about Jamin davis getting more comfortable and getting better and then he talked about again later in the press conference about players like Benjamin St. Juice, like Jamin, like other, like Taylor Heineke, even, you know, getting better through ex- execution, through repetition, because of those defenses and the opponent that you're facing, they're not, they're not, they're trying to teach you something. They're out there trying to exploit your weaknesses, which then in turn teaches you things, right? Versus a controlled practice environment where there's, you know, there's kind of a limit uh, to what you can do. One, because of contact rules and all that stuff, but also because the opponent on the other side of the ball is trying to work with you instead of, trying to work against you. So some good stuff coming there uh, from Coach Rivera, and, and we're obviously going to hear a lot more from him throughout the season. But I just wanted to share that a little bit with you, His ty- kind of his takeaways from the Week 2 action. Coming up here, I'm going to give you my takeaways, and we're going to hear from some fans, some of you guys of the Washington football team. But first, Washington football team fans, of course, I'm David Harrison, Locked on Washington football team podcast. I want to tell you about an app that everybody needs to know about, and this one is unique because I actually downloaded this app myself about two months ago. A friend of mine told me about it. It's called Get Upside. Uh, and right now, my listeners, you can make 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and you get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that $0.50 cent per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, 
or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get your 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's GetUpside with a promo code TOUCHDOWN. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, y'all. I love what you guys are doing on the Locked On Podcast. Uh, This is Daniel, and uh, I'm just coming off of watching that Thursday night football game. And as a... I am very happy that we got the win, even though it was a very tight uh, one-point win, but I just think that we got very, very lucky. Um, A lot of the penalties just went our way, even a few drops from from wide receivers like Slayton. And, you know, uh, I felt like our our defense just didn't play well at all. Uh, Gave a lot of too many chunk plays, just like in – Last week during the Chargers, I mean, it was a lot of here and there, but I'm just happy that we got the win and Heineke kind of uh, bounced back from that interception on in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, there's a lot to take in from that, but I'm just, it was a very ugly game, but I'm just happy we got the win. And uh, I just want to know what you guys' take is on, on that. Uh, thank you. Y'all have a good one. Segment two here, Victory Monday at the Lockdown Washington football team podcast. Hearing from a Washington football team listener or fan, we've got two more of those voicemails coming up. And on today's episode, this is our Takeaway Tuesday episode, but it's Monday because the Washington football team played on Thursday. Typically, they would play on Sunday. Monday would be our immediate analysis episode. This would be our Tuesday episode, which was, like I said, Takeaway Tuesday. But you're getting our takeaways here on Monday We'll have some more content, of course, more comments from Coach Riveras, more things to talk about. We'll get some more some of Chris's takeaways on tomorrow's episode. And then Wednesday, we've got a really cool guest lined up. I think you guys are really going to enjoy that interview. And then, of course, I mean, Thursday, we've got Crossover Thursday, and it's it's almost time for another game day. So right around the corner to match up with the Buffalo Bills. But, guys, starting into our takeaways, my first takeaway from this game is that the defense is improving, even if it still has room to grow and specifically what I want to talk about guys week one this or week two rather this Washington football team defense came away with four sacks versus the two that they had in week one so doubling their sack production of course you had the two from Jonathan Allen there in the game big sacks from Jonathan Allen big game from him as well uh, he's got three sacks already in 2021 already eclipsing what he had in 2020 Daniel Jones was also hit a total of six times according to the game stats uh, third down percentage you know this is something that I really harped on last week coming out of that Chargers game the third down percentage for this Washington football team defense allowing third down conversions to the opponent went from 74 percent to right around 33 percent so that's a much bigger uh, or that's a that's a much better rate I mean 33 percent is is probably about the average 30 30 to 40 percent is typically uh, I think where an NFL defense sits in third down conversion so I mean if you get better you want to get better but I mean a 40 percent or so increase in your third down efficiency you know preventing your opponent from converting is is very good and you look at that kind of back and forth 
uh, that they had there with Graham Gano and Dustin Hopkins going field goal for field goal. You know, it's a six-point lead, then it's a three-point lead, then it's a six-point lead. Those are all third downs. Every every one of those field goals, right, is predicated by a third down conversion. And against the Los Angeles Chargers, those third downs were being converted. And then eventually the Chargers were finding the end zone or, if anything, getting a field goal while bleeding a whole lot of clock off the field, which in and of itself, when you're when you're falling behind, the clock uh, getting bled down is, is adding pressure uh, as well. So, again, that 33% uh, third down percentage or third down conversion percentage allowed by the Washington football team defense – on Thursday, I think that really kind of resonates really big with why this team was still able to stick in it, give Taylor Heineke and the offense enough time uh, to go ahead and, and get that win and then put Dustin Hopkins in position to get the game-winning field goal, uh, not once but twice. Um, and, but there's still room to grow, obviously, right? Nobody is crowning this defense or saying this is, you know, the top of the top shelf defense that we expected to have at the beginning of the season. Obviously, Daniel Jones had some big runs. I had that big pass to Darius Slay. He had a big pass that could have been to Darius Slay that was ultimately dropped. So, I mean, still some big opportunities uh, that the Giants missed. And then uh, you heard Chris, you know, in that in that first segment, ask Ron uh, the question about two weeks in a row. The opponent drove right down the field, put the ball in the end zone uh, right off the bat and, and started off the Washington football team offense from behind seven points. And, and you know, that's stuff that they're going to have to try to figure out. And like Ron said as well, I mean, if, if they don't figure it out, uh, in this 10-day kind of pseudo bye week that they have between the Giants and the Buffalo Bills game, uh, that Buffalo Bills offense is pretty effective, and they've got some good weapons, and they've got some ability there, and they've got a quarterback that is very versatile, more versatile, I would say, than Daniel Jones is. So uh, another big test. You know, the Giants are kind of like the Buffalo Bills light from an offensive standpoint. So a very big test coming up in week three. So we'll see if they've learned a little bit more, get a little bit more discipline, grow a little bit more within what they are capable of doing, uh, we'll we'll see. We'll find out next weekend just how much this team can grow from one week to the next, which is going to lead me into takeaway two. Speaking of one week to the next, Terry McLaurin is still scary, and it's only going to help. It's only going to help the other weapons on this team. So Terry McLaurin getting shut out in the entire first half uh, last week, and then ends up with four catches total. I mean, in this game, guys, fourteen targets, eleven catches, one hundred and seven yards, one touchdown, leads the the entire game. You know, both sides of the field and targets leads everybody in receptions, leads everybody in uh, yards, and then was one of three people to catch a touchdown pass in this game. So great to see Terry McLaurin getting back involved in this Washington football team offense, obviously, uh, just because you want to see Terry involved. But it, it has ripple effects, you know. So you look at the rest of the weapons on this team. I mean, even De'Ami Brown, he, he, he got more targets, more catches in the second game than he did the first game. There was still a little bit of roughness in there. He's, again, he's a rookie. He's going to eventually get better. He's going to continue to grow. But you look at some of the guys that you expected to see more of in week one. When when Taylor Heineke came in, it's not that they didn't necessarily call pass plays. I mean, they didn't call as many pass plays in that week one contest as they did necessarily in week two. But a lot of the times, you know, Taylor was looking to make things happen with his feet, and some of that was nervousness. Some of that was, you know, the fact that you can prepare to be a starter or like a starter every single week. But until you're actually on the field – you know, those butterflies kind of kick in as soon as you see Ryan Fitzpatrick not getting up. Those butterflies kind of kick in, that anxiousness, that nervousness. I think we saw that on the first drive there in week one. A lot of those passes were high, and and look, week two, he was his passes were high as well, and those are going to have to come down again. But you look at the ripple effects, right? J.D. McKissick uh, goes from, I think, one target in week one, no catches, to six targets, five catches in week two. Logan Thomas goes from being targeted three times in week one to getting targeted seven times in week two. And then Adam Humphreys 
got targeted twice in week one, ends up getting targeted seven times in week two. So, I mean, the ripple effects of having a guy like Terry McLaurin because the defense has to account for him, it shifts coverage, it shifts attention away from the rest of the field. If he's on the outside, it kind of opens up that middle. If he's in the slot working the middle part of the field, it kind of opens up that outside. That is how a weapon like Terry McLaurin, not only in his production, but also just in the routes he's running, where he's lined up, what the formation looks like. That is how an offense can open up other opportunities, and they did a fairly good job of that in Week 2 against the New York Giants. They'll need to do more of that against the Buffalo Bills defense. And I'm sure that all of you guys, if you have the capabilities, the abilities, you're going to be watching, but it depends on what you're going to be watching it on, right? Tell me if this doesn't sound familiar to you. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. You've got another device that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all your entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. I watched NFL Sunday Ticket Red Zone channel on Sunday actually on this and it's called Direct TV Stream. It brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling your remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Today's episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast also brought to you by Built Bar with a bunch of standard delicious flavors. They have even had the occasional limited time flavor. Anytime we talk to a Built Bar fan, we're definitely passionate about our favorites. You know that Chris loves peanut butter brownie. I'm partial to the mint brownie. My wife loves the mint brownie. If you don't have a favorite yet, if you haven't tried them all, grab yourself a mix box. You'll get two of each of those flavors. You can figure out what you like, what you don't like as much, and go from there. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy for you. Most of these flavors have 17 grams of protein while only packing 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and just 4 grams of net carbs. Order yours today. Get raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, whatever you like, or that mix box by going to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's Built.com. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Hey, what's up, Chris? What's up, David? Uh, it's your favorite listener, Mark. Uh, I'm actually in Vegas right now, uh, representing Fort Stewart. Um, David, I really do appreciate it. Uh, I got on betonline.ag, put it on the money line yesterday, and you know, we came out with a W. Uh, but my question is today is, is this more of a Washington win or a Giants loss? Uh, I understand that teams play pretty decent, honestly. They didn't play good. They played decent. But uh, I'm questioning the defensive line, and I actually like the secondary. So I just kind of want y'all to take on it. Um, I appreciate BetOnline.ag. I don't have to get on Bill Barr. I do appreciate all the sponsors y'all do. But I, I want to say thank you. All right, one. Wrapping up today's episode here at the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Takeaway. Tuesday on a Monday because of the Thursday night early slate of games for the Washington football team. Uh, again, another voicemail from a Washington fan, a friend of mine. Mark, glad that you uh, made some money. Uh, it's, it's interesting, actually. Mark and I actually talked. So uh, for those of you who haven't heard Mark call before, he's actually a friend of mine. We know each other. We go back uh, to our days right outside Baltimore. Um, we actually we had a conversation about a lot of things, Washington football and just kind of sports in general. And uh, one of the one of them was betting, and I and I kind of mentioned like, look, I'm a money line guy. I don't mind you know taking the points and all this stuff every once in a while, but for the most part, 
when I bet it's a money line situation. And I told him, I was like, with with this matchup, I'm not comfortable taking the points. I'm not comfortable taking any points. I, I would just go straight money line. You have you make a little bit less money if you win. You know what I mean? But usually you're risking a little bit less to get those odds. So glad that it worked out. Glad that he's that he's using that you're using Mark, our buddies over at betonline.ag. I use them as well. Uh, not just a, a spokesman and ad that we read. Um, I actually use the site myself as well, and I made some money uh, this weekend as well as Mark. So hopefully those of you out there, if you're participating, hopefully you also made some more money. If you didn't, there's another opportunity coming up. So uh, stay tuned because we'll be talking about that stuff. That's going to leave me guys into takeaway number three. Taylor Heineke did well, but let's not crown him just yet. Guys, look, I, I get the excitement uh, surrounding Taylor Heineke, and I get – uh, the excitement over what he was able to do and, and some of the good things. I mean, really great performance from him, really. Um, honestly, I, I will say honestly that he did better than I expected him to do uh, coming into the game. That's not to say I expected him to do poorly. I just, like, if you would have told me that they called, you know, 46 or so dropbacks, I probably would have told you that he's only going to throw the ball about 35, 34 of those times. He's probably going to run a lot more. And he looked like a, a quarterback who knows how to use and leverage his, his athleticism but isn't scared to stand there in the pocket, isn't overly nervous. This the spot, the bright, the spotlight wasn't too bright for him. So really happy what we saw from Taylor Heineke. But guys, it's it's one regular season game. And I know again, he did well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the wild card round last year. But let's not forget that defense was missing their two key players from the middle part of that defense. Vita Vea defensive tackle and Devin White, uh, off ball middle linebacker. Two two parts of the heart and soul of that defense, of that team, really, to be quite honest with you. And when you're missing the middle part of your defense, uh, that's a huge hole. That's not just, you know, people say, oh, it's only two players. There's still 10 other starters on a Super Bowl defense and all the other stuff. Those two players specifically, though, are two very big players for that defense to have been missing. And, and again, I don't, and I don't want to take anything away from Taylor. I just think that, for one, we don't need to crown him right now. There's no reason to definitively state, yes, Taylor Heineke can now be the franchise quarterback. He can be the quarterback for the next 10 years or the next five years or what have you, or at least the rest of the season. There's no reason really to do that, right? So the question is, did Taylor Heineke do enough to be the starting quarterback in week three? And I think obviously, yes, that's that's the answer. Is Obviously, he did enough to be the starting quarterback in week three. Coming out of week three, then you talk about week four. Coming out of week four, you talk about week five, and you kind of start to get to the point where – if you say yes three, four, five times, then it becomes the answer for the future as well. So there's no reason to really rush to that solution or to that decision just yet. You know what I mean? And I, I think that's kind of the, the stance that I'm kind of going to take on that on, in, the, in the process. And to some people, that's going to feel like or sound like maybe I don't have faith in Taylor or, you know, I doubt Taylor or something like that. It's just it's not that I doubt him or that I that I don't like him. It's I've seen this, you know, too many times where you have a quarterback comes out and people don't know a lot about him. They don't know a lot about what he's, they know about who he is. And yeah, we know Taylor's athletic, but it's how you execute the game. It's how you navigate your offense, how you conduct your duties as a starting quarterback. Those are things the NFL teams are just now starting to see. The Buffalo bills are going to have tape on him. Now let's see how they approach him based off actually seeing him run a regular season game. And then let's see how Taylor responds to that. You know what I mean? So it's just, again, it's part of a process so right now, what I say is Taylor, obviously, great game, deserves to start against the Buffalo Bills. Um, but for me, that's about as far as, as I'm willing to go right now. I know some people are wanting to go further, and that's fine, but that's where my stance on it, which is going to take us into takeaway number four. And for takeaway number four, guys, we got one more voicemail, so I'm going to throw it down right here. 
hey, what's up, Russ? What's up, D Money? This is your friendly neighborhood, Hog Skins. Hey, I just want to let you guys know, uh, I was the one that left that, uh, that voicemail with the fight song. You guys really wasn't sure what it was. Um, it's funny, after I recorded, I said, man, it, it might be too loud. I don't know if it's going to come out distorted or, you know, I kind of figured you guys probably wouldn't be able to play it because maybe it was too loud or you just really couldn't understand what it was. But yeah, man, it was a fight song. It was actually audio from when, uh, the last, uh, home game at FedEx Field when the Skins played, uh, the Cowboys and then the, uh, the band, they played the, the fight song and with the crowd that one last time. So that was, that was where I got that from. That's what I was trying to play and, you know, <laughs> and have played over the uh, podcast. But uh, anyway, that's, that's cool, man. Anyway, you know, it's all good. I mean, you know, at least you guys, you know, talked about it on the last podcast mentioned it. So anyway, man, uh, man, that was a hell of a game, man. Oh my God. And let me tell you, I was in my apartment screaming like a schoolgirl, man. I'm pretty sure everybody in the complex heard me, man. I was, Man, that was just a crazy game, man. But uh, anyway, man, I just wanted to call, just, you know, just you know, have my voice on the podcast. And, uh, you know, I just talked to you fellas uh, after uh, the Bills game, man. Hopefully we win that one. Man, I'm going to probably, if we win that game, man, I'm going to probably lose my voice screaming and yelling. But anyway, man, I'll talk to you guys next time. All right, take care. All right, Hogskins, appreciate you, man. Yeah, it it kind of faintly sounded like a fight song, honestly. We couldn't make out any of the words, and it's it's technology is, is a fantastic thing, but doesn't always work well with us. But we appreciate the effort anyway. We appreciate you, you calling back in and clarifying that. We just appreciate you guys calling in. We had some, some voicemails uh, make the cut, make it in in time to get into the immediate analysis. We had some more for this episode. Hopefully, we're going to have some more continuing throughout the week again with takes, reactions, thoughts, questions, you know, whatever you have. Uh, throw it down for us, whether it's Daniel, Mark, Hogskins, you know, uh, overseas in the States. I mean, we got Scotland calling, we got California calling, we got, you know, middle America. I mean, it's, it's great stuff guys. And this is really what it's all about. This is kind of the great part about technology is, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world. It doesn't matter what time you can, you can, you can listen, you can make time for it. doesn't matter how you want to interact. There is a way for every single person to interact with this show. And then by doing so, you also interact with, tens of thousands of Washington football team fans uh, who are listening to this podcast. That's kind of how I'm going to wrap up uh, this, this episode is whether the win was lucky, whether, you know, the giants lost or whether Washington won. And, and those are very valid questions. And, and I would say that there was a little bit of luck involved. Yeah. The New York giants, they're going to walk away saying, man, we lost that one. The Washington football team is going to come out saying, man, we won that one. And I think both, both sides are right. And I think what you have here in Washington is a team that is, in a phase of, of team development, right? You have these kind of phases where, you know, you have one phase where you just want your team to learn how to be competitive. And I think uh, when you look around the NFL, like the New York Giants are kind of in that role. Uh, you know, the Atlanta Falcons are kind of in that role. The New York Jets are in that role of, we just want this team, this roster with these coaches to learn how to be competitive. Well, Washington already knows what it's like to be competitive. So being competitive is no longer good enough, right? So now you need to take the next step. And taking the next step is learning to win. And that's kind of what Coach Rivera is talking about when he talks about these frustrations with the defensive mental mistakes and and all those things is this team now needs to learn how to win together. And this is a game that's kind of in that vein, you know what I mean? And you're going to need some things to break your way, right? As you transition to a team that is learning to win and learns to win, 
you're going to kind of bounce back and forth a little bit. You're going to have some games where you just need to be competitive. And that's what happened on Thursdays. The team was just competitive. So be resilient. And then boom, when the opportunity strikes, learn how to win. And that's what happened on Thursday night. As they go through that, they'll learn how to win more and better and more often and against better teams. And then they can start to transition into becoming a team that expects to win. And look, you ask any player, you ask Chase Young on Tuesday, do you expect to beat the Buffalo Bills? Of course, he's going to say yes. You ask the coaching staff, do you expect to beat the Buffalo Bills? Of course, saying they're going to say yes. But there's coach speak, there's player speak, there's media answers, and there's a reality. You watch certain teams. You watch the Kansas City Chiefs of the world. You watch even you know the Green Bay Packers. You know they got embarrassed against the Saints last week. You watch those teams. Those are they carry themselves different. They attack the game differently. They play differently. Those are teams that expect to win. You have to build that mentality. You have to build that spirit, and that's what Washington is building to. And then they'll develop into a team that expects to win, just like you should. Every time you're putting money on one of our sponsors over at betonline.ag, something that can help you do that with more confidence is the Locked On Bets podcast because it doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, you get your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Guys, you got questions, topics you want to discuss on this show, send them in to the Locked to send them in to lockedwftpod at gmail.com or call in, be a part of the show, hear your voice on the on the show, just like Mark did, just like Daniel did, just like Hogskins by dialing 301-615-3577. If you want to record a voice memo like our friend over there in Scotland did, email that to us. We'll put, it on, put that on the show as well. Thank you all for joining me here today. Again, I am David Harrison, my co-host, my partner, Chris Russell, off for today's episode. But you can find him over the Team 980. You can find me at si.com slash NFL slash Washington football. As always, we appreciate you guys dropping by, spending part of your day with us, free and available on all platforms, as always, at the Locked on Washington Football Team Podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.